10 bonus points for coming out in the rain today. Our gospel today describes two scenes, the healing of Peter's mother-in-law and Jesus' practice of prayer. Both are rich and fascinating, but I'd like to draw your attention today to Jesus' prayer life. This scene comes after a full day of ministry. We heard part of it this morning. Jesus began teaching in the synagogue, confronting unclean spirits, healing Peter's mother-in-law, and ministering to the many townsfolk who were brought to him after sunset. After a day like that, I would need some rest, maybe an afternoon nap. But Jesus wakes up early, in the middle of the night in fact, to find a solitary place and pray. This passage is a little glimpse into the prayer life of Jesus. And it teaches us about the necessity of prayer, the nature of prayer, and the results of prayer. One thing that is abundantly clear from the Gospels is that Jesus was a man of prayer, which is a little strange if you think about it. After all, prayer involves talking with God, and, well, Jesus was God, so it's not entirely clear why it was necessary for him. But time and again we hear of his practice, especially at important moments in his ministry, of finding a secluded place and seeking the Father in prayer. We're told he prayed at his baptism. He prayed all night before he called the 12 disciples. He prayed before he revealed to his disciples that he was indeed the Messiah at Caesarea Philippi. He prayed on the Mount of Transfiguration. His practice of prayer on one occasion caused one of his disciples to say, teach us to pray which in turn led him to give us the prayer of prayers, the Lord's Prayer. He told a parable about the need always to pray. He prayed during the Last Supper that Peter would not fall away. He prayed before his passion in the Garden of Gethsemane. And we read in our passage today that after a full day of ministry in Capernaum, early in the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place And there he prayed. Prayer was clearly a a habitual and necessary feature of his life and ministry. After all, Jesus had come to do the will of the Father, and he needed to keep in touch with the Father, to stay connected with him, to make sure that his actions were in line with the will of his Father. As Jesus said in John's Gospel, the Son can do nothing by himself, He can only do what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Now, if prayer was necessary for Jesus, it's certainly necessary for us. It is our means of connection with God, a way to express and strengthen our trust in God, to seek God's guidance in our lives, and to grow in relationship with God. So prayer is necessary for us. One of the reasons it's necessary is that it keeps us in relationship with the God who says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. After a successful day in Capernaum, it would seem natural to most not to leave a fruitful ministry behind, 
but to continue there for a while. There was certainly, that was certainly what the disciples expected and what the crowds hoped he would do. But Jesus wanted to do nothing but what his father had given him to do. So he took time to check in with his father. And in order to do this, he needed a quiet place where he could tune out the noise and distractions of life and hear his father's voice clearly. In town, this would have been difficult. Capernaum was a bustling fishing town with homes all clustered together between the synagogue and the lake. If you wanted some quiet time, free from distraction, you would need to go to the surrounding countryside, and you would need to go very early before people rose for work around sunset, sunrise. Even today in that area, it's possible to get a quiet spot if you leave behind the historic sites and tourist buses and go off on your own. I remember being surprised by this when I visited this area. I also remember having lunch, a lunch of St. Peter's fish at St. Peter's restaurant just a few minutes from St. Peter's home in Capernaum so I didn't avoid all the tourist traps. Our group had plans to see most of the big historic sites while we were there, but I wanted to get a feel for the area itself, so I decided to spend a few hours of free time walking a portion of the coastline. And one of the things that surprised me most was just how quiet it was walking between the tourist sites. Aside from the occasional tour bus that chugged along, it was remarkably peaceful and quiet, a wonderful place to be alone with God in prayer. Though we aren't told what he prayed, what Jesus seemed to be asking was, why have I come? What is my vocation? And how should I structure my ministry to focus on this central priority? And in his quiet place, listening for the Father's voice, he comes to see that the natural expectation of the disciples and the crowds is actually a distraction, even a temptation, to shift his focus away from his preaching ministry. In other words, what may seem like a natural next step or an obvious decision from a human standpoint may not turn out to be the path God has in mind for us. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. We need prayer for many reasons, but this passage shows us that we need prayer because it connects us to the God of unexpected ways and surprising detours. The God who, in order to redeem a slave, gave a son, who makes the way of the cross to be the way of life and peace, who secures eternal life through the death of the eternal one. <clears throat> this relationship which prayer opens up does not always give us the answers we want. It doesn't guarantee a life that will be easy. Rather, the result of habitual prayer is clarity. Clarity concerning the character and will of God and a growing clarity concerning his call on our lives. This scene actually shares a lot in common with another later in the gospel. After Peter's famous confession at Caesarea Philippi, when he tries to persuade Jesus to avoid suffering and to follow a different path than the one that leads to the cross. There, Jesus identifies Peter's words as a temptation 
And though it's not as obvious here, today's passage also seems to have that same pattern. Peter is unwittingly standing in the way of Jesus fulfilling his mission. It would be tempting with the prospect of a successful healing ministry in Capernaum to stay there and enjoy the success of and popular acclaim it would bring. But Jesus did not come primarily to heal. Rather, his healings were signs of the message he came to announce, the good news of salvation. And his calling was to move on to the surrounding towns and villages and preach the gospel there as well, for that is why he came. This was the answer to the question he brought his father in prayer. The results of his solitary time was to clarify his vision, to see the distractions and temptations for what they truly were, and to strengthen his resolve to walk the path that had been laid before him. Prayer is necessary in the Christian life. It sustains our growing relationship with God and results in increasing clarity concerning his will for our ways. Today's gospel should ask us, cause us to ask how Jesus' practice of prayer compares with our own, and if we use our times of rest in a way that truly restores us by nurturing our relationship with God and bringing us clarity of vision. Lord, quiet our hearts that we may hear your call and follow. Lord, teach us to pray.